welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where we see dead people in books. I'm Jeanette. I'm Tara. And I'm Susan. Hey, everybody. How are you guys? Hello. Hey. <laughs> um, nothing exciting to report here, which is nice. Um, busy but quiet. However, it has been unpleasantly cold. It has snowed again, and it's only going up to the teens today. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So actually went to Michael's yesterday and got one of those um, big cardboard uh Playhouse things, construction things, structures, where you can just color the whole thing. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. So I just bought a huge thing of that and just have like the girls just color all over it for an hour or so. I mean, this is what you get for that's moving awesome. to somewhere like Colorado. I know. But you know, <laughs> like normally it gets super sunny and beautiful after a snow. And so it's usually bearable. <laughs> Um, it has been an unusually cold winter this winter, for sure. Mm. And, um, oh, what happened was our heater broke earlier this oh, week. No. Oh, no. So that was so terrible. <laughs> um, we were without heat for, like, 24 hours. So, oh, no. No, more than well, something. Yep. You sound like you've had a terrible time of it. Yeah, I'm waiting for summer. Forget yeah. spring. <laughs> <laughs> but I know Jeanette's had a great time of it recently. Mm-hmm. At least some exciting stuff has been going on in NetWorld. I mean, kind of. I'm looking on the bright side. Um, it's <laughs> been crazy around here. Um, honestly, like illness and travel and all sorts of crazy things. But looking on the bright side, I have had an amazing reading month, considering it's February. And it's like the shortest reading month. Um, and I also, amongst that, I got to go and see Cursed Child in New York. And Ooh. I've been working on my office library. So it's slowly getting more organized. And now I'm getting ready for Nova Teen Book Fest later this month. And there's going to be so many authors this year, guys. I'm a little intimidated because I would have to read like a book every day to keep up with all the authors that are going to be there. I, I don't think that's what book fests are for. Yes, you know, like, like, that I, seems I, a lot of pressure. I, I think part of what a book fest is is to like learn about new authors. <laughs> yes, but I'm also like so excited to see all these authors, and I want to read their books because I'm so excited to see them. <laughs> I mean, you that's fair. So, <laughs> so, anyways, so that it's it's been a lot of fun, a lot of reading fun. How about you, Tara? Well, I'm really excited you saw Cursed Child to begin with, because now you can (laughs) finally listen to Meredith's podcast on it. Um, And I think you saw the same cast we did, or most of the same cast. Yeah, it's an all-original cast except for one character. Do you know which one? Yes, I can tell you off the air, so it's not spoilery. Uh, Oh, uh, ah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who it is just by that, just by that account. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to hear what your thoughts were, because I don't think we've checked up since, um, since you went to New York. No. Um, but other than that, I'm great. I'm sort of getting ready for the, my next travel season. I think I mentioned on the last podcast, I'm be gone a full month. Uh, that starts in like nine days. Eh. 
Um, but I'm sad because I'm going to be missing next month's episode. And, and that's just going to be yeah. sad for me because I think the book looks really, really good. And I won't spoil what it is, but I'm kind <laughs> of excited to read it. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on with me. Hey, I'm glad we're all doing well. So that's always nice to hear. Um, so we've, uh, we've been uh, reading up a storm in this short, short month. I guess, Jeanette, for you. <laughs> I, I, I feel like say, per the usual. Yeah. <laughs> a storm. It's be. been more stormy than usual, and that's yeah. what happens when you're at home all the time. <laughs> well, I'm home all the time. <laughs> yes, but you're at home all the time because you work there. <laughs> you work from well, home. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. I've been home all the time because I haven't been working. People have been sick or it's been snowy. So. Mm. But yeah, so because of that, I've been a machine sitting at home all the time reading um, a few recent highlights of things I've read. I'm revisiting Anne of Avonlea via audiobook. I did Anne of Green Gables last month, and Yay. it basically has changed my life revisiting that series. So I was like, I'm going to continue. Um, yeah, I read Dear Martin by Nick Stone last month, um, as well as her new book. Um, that one's called Odd One Out. And I've been making my way through the romance series, The Poor Relation. And depending on which edition you, of that you get, you uh, see the author is Marion Chesney or M.C. Beaton. So, um, but it's really fun. That one's about, um, it's Regency romance series and a bunch of um, poor nobles who don't have any money and their relations are kind of like ashamed to have them around because they're like poor and shabby. They all decide to band together and um, go into business and start a hotel. Hmm. And everybody's like shocked and horrified, but also they're like, oh, we can't look away because these um, these nobles, like they're not supposed to be in trade, as they call it. And since they are, it's like, well, we have to go to that hotel and see what it's like. <laughs> um, and, you know there's always romance ensuing with like one of the hotel guests or something like that. Oh, it's course. super, yeah. super cute. But it does sound um, and fun. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is fun. Um, so I've gotten through like three or four books of that one. And now I'm reading the everlasting Rose by Danielle Clayton, which is the sequel to the bells. And it's that I'm so excited about that. She does such a great job of world building. And I'm also reading the Rose that grew from concrete by Tupac, which is poetry, just saying. And I'm, next, I'm just so proud. I know, right? <laughs> um, one of my students is like super interested in it, so I was like, I gotta pick it up and check it out. And so next up is going to be Grace and Fury by Tracy Banghart, who will be at the festival later this month. So nice. see, I'm not shoving myself full of all the books at the <laughs> festival, one by one. Yeah. Well, how are you doing, Tara? Well, I mean, shocking. Um, business picked up really uh, a lot this month, so I've slowed down a little bit. Uh, best not to talk about that. Let's talk about what I am reading. I think that's better. <laughs> um, I'm still on the last book of Broken Earth series. I'm almost done with it. So I am listening to an audiobook, like, in between things. Mm -hmm. um, it's so good. I'm sort of think I'm I'm savoring it. Like I could definitely finish it if I just sat down one evening and just like, you know, embroidered and listened. Um, but 
I... I just... I don't want it to be over yet. I don't know. No, I, I understand. But the ending is, is pretty huge. <laughs> I, 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 I can feel that coming. Yep. I can, like, feel that. Um, and I'm on to Meyer's newest book, Renegades. Nice. Um, which I am reading for a book club that Jeanette is actually in, um, that I very occasionally sit on, sit in on when I'm in DC. So <laughs> I'm going to be in DC next weekend and they're reading Renegades <clears throat> for their book club. And I'm, uh, jumping in because they're, they're so kind and lovely and wonderful people. Uh, but yeah, that's me. Nice. What about you, Susan? Um, well, I am on to Chamber of Secrets, so we're trucking along here. It's basically a book every two months, so um, we just finished up Philosopher's Stone. Um, and I'm also reading Royal Assassin, which is book two in the Farseer trilogy by Robin Hobb. Um, I like the first one, The Assassin's Apprentice. Um, so this is a pretty much a direct continuation from where it left off. Um, in the first book. So I'm kind of curious what's going to happen. So all that political intrigue. <laughs> um, and I am also reading, I'm kind of, kind of staying in the fantasy field here. So A Song for Arbon by Guy Gavriel Kay. Have you ladies heard of this book? I've heard of the author, but not the book. I don't think I've heard of either. So tell me more. Yeah. So this is a funny story with this book because I w- my bookshelf is finally down in the living room. So I was like, yes, I can just get into my book boxes and then pack this all. And I found a few books that I have no clue where they came from. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. I was like... I don't, why do I have this? Like, I'm not sure. These are not my books. And like, this is not David's books. Like, where did they come from? And like one of them, like I looked at it and I looked at the back. I looked it up on Goodreads. I'm like, why do I, this sounds like crap. I don't know why I have this. And then I picked up a song for Arbonne and I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. And it got a really high rating on Goodreads. And then it hit me that I did a book swap I don't know, three years ago. (laughs) And I must have picked it up from there and then not opened it ever since I moved. (laughs) Do you think that's where the other books came from? I think so. Mm -hmm. Because it was like two or three books or something that I just have no idea where they came from. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I guess it was a lovely surprise. I was like, well, I've had this book for three, four years. I might as well start reading it. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, it's really fascinating. I only just started it, so I'm not really into it. But it's very um, French-influenced, and it's where troubadours are very um, highly regarded. Um, and it's about like this uh, family war and things like that. So um, I always love a good troubadour. Right? So. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll let you know how it goes once I really get into it. <laughs> Um, and the last book I'm reading, because this is the book I'm reading in my car, is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. That's supposed so. to be really good. It's so good. It is, yeah. Um, the middle had me crying, and I'm almost at the end, so I feel like the end is going to get me crying, too. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really good book. Very, I mean, this is a YA, so it's a pretty easy read, but um, the emotions are pretty complex and it's just like you know this 
kid. Um, do they? He doesn't say outright like, um, because he goes to a special school. He's not autistic, um, but like you can tell, he's um, on the spectrum, um, and kind of the difficulties in that, and him kind of struggling. Um, to work some complex emotions with oh, his that's family. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's a, it's a good book. <laughs> I would recommend yeah. it to any kid. <laughs> I really liked that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, I guess you know, continuing on because uh, that book, that's a long title. Um, Curious Incident is, um, I would say YA, but let's go a little further down. Um <laughs> <laughs> And follow-up boy just goes into my head. There. <laughs> We're and, aging backwards. Let's keep yep, going. <laughs> we are aging backwards. Yay. Uh, let's talk about middle grade books. Because <laughs> um, I feel like middle grade books are kind of underappreciated sometimes. Um, these are specifically written for kids between eight, ages 8 and 12. Um, subject matter is usually focused on the character's immediate world and relationships. Um, and mostly explores uh, what kids are learning about themselves and the world. Um, but I feel like this is the little chunk of genre where you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that book. I really like that book. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like it's the forgotten genre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, as you so. grow up, you, you get new loves, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, these old things that I really loved, mm-hmm. you just sort of forget about them until you're reminded. Mm-hmm. Are you saying existed. that these books suffer from middle grade syndrome versus middle well, child syndrome? To be fair, if I could jettison my memories of middle school completely, I know I would in a heartbeat. So it's possible <laughs> this is selective forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yep, there is a there's a correlation there. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> um so the you know, our main read is about City of Ghosts, which they categorized as middle grade. Mm-hmm. Um but what are what are some middle grade books that you ladies have loved um as you were growing up? Oh man. <laughs> My favorite book growing up, and like hands down, it, it's not even I loved a lot of other books and I liked a lot of other books, but I loved, and this might've been my first book crush. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you love something so much, you're like, I just can't not talk about this was my side of the mountain. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, the other one would be, I suppose my Tenneth Lee intro novels, which I mean, I guess we could debate whether this is middle grade, but I think it is. Um, <laughs> would be uh, the Black Unicorn series, which is the Black Unicorn, the Gold Unicorn, and the Red Unicorn. Granted, I didn't read the Red Unicorn until as an adult, um, but the Black Unicorn and the Gold Unicorn for sure. Uh, Narnia, duh. We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) I am putting a kibosh on any Narnia talk. Can we all just real quick agree we all read Narnia when we were kids? Yes? Yes, we we loved loved it. it. It's awesome. Great. Okay, that's it. Done. (laughs) We talk about it too much on this podcast. Not talking about it today. Um, James and the Giant Peach was a great one. I really loved. Um, And I read like, and funny enough, all of these books are fairly complicated in the middle grade, um, middle grade world, but I read like also all of the Lurleen Lurleen McDaniel books is that how you say your name Um, 
uh, like six months to live. All the books about kids dying from cancer and horrible diseases. I read <laughs> all of them obsessively. It not, I'm not not great. Like it, when I look back in my youth, and I'm like, oh, you read a lot of Lurley McDaniel books about kids dying, and you also read Miss of Avalon at the same time. Which do I think ultimately actually had more scarring? more scarring effect it's not the miss of avalon guys with the sex and the death and the weird stuff it's definitely the kids dying from cancer books um anyway yeah (laughs) um so i mean i read a lot of other things but i've discussed on this podcast before i read inappropriate things at inappropriate ages and it's hard for me to parse those out Uh, but those would be some of my favorites Nice. Very nice. How about you, Jeanette? What are some middle grade books that really spoke to you? Okay. So skipping over Narnia, because we have (laughs) talked about that a lot. Um, I'm mentioning that I also loved The Phantom Tollbooth. Yes. Which was so so much fun. That's I actually bought that book to read. Like, I'm so excited. Yes. (laughs) That's one of those books where like I when I first picked it up, I was like, I don't see the point in this book. And I loved it, loved it, loved it, Mm -hmm. kept going back to it. Um, I liked A Wrinkle in Time, uh, the whole yep. series, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Harriet the Spy, um, that one kind of holds a special place in my heart. And uh, The Witch of Blackbird Pond, Island of the Blue Dolphins, Charlotte's Web, and some of the Roald Dolls, which I think is funny because um, I think we're all going to mention Roald Dahl, but I wonder if we're all mentioning the same books. Because I actually, the first Roald Dahl I ever read was... Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, which is the sequel so you to like Charlie and the two? Chocolate Factory, <laughs> which is the most random Roald Dahl to ever read first, but mm-hmm. that's the first one I ever read, and I was loved that it. on accident, like it must sort of. I mean, I can um, see it, could, it was available know, in one of those, um, you know, those Scholastic order forms. Yes, it was in one of those, so I ordered it because my parents were very, very sweet and would let me like order tons of random things, and I ordered that and read it and from the beginning it's very clear that it's a continuation of another story mm-hmm. and I didn't care I just read <laughs> so <laughs> yeah Fair and enough. then I went back and read the other one and yeah. then like I read I would after that I would read the series like straight through <laughs> so yeah it was cool <laughs> I liked it um what about you, Susan? Because I have another one that we can talk about, but I know we want to talk about that one. Yeah, and uh, you know, as you know, that is also my love. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, but so I, you know, Roald Dahl, I think is huge in the middle gray world. Like his books are so mm-hmm. wonderful. They're complex, but still simple enough to understand. I can't remember if Matilda or the BFG was my first Roald Dahl book. It was one of those two. Um, I still love it. Um, Black Beauty was a huge one. Um, and I read that last year and just still made me cry. Just like sad, you know, happy tears. Um, (laughs) the Little House on the Prairie series. Um, adored that series. (laughs) Um, never made it through the whole series. I'll have to go back. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think, and this is going to be along the lines of Anne, right? Like, you know. True, true, true. Um, and, uh, the secret garden and a little princess, a little princess. I, I, yeah. hmm, I forgot about that one. 
Yeah. There's <laughs> there's one of the ones I forgot. I love I love that book. Mm-hmm. Yep. I totally forgot about subsistence. That also makes me cry at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like all these middle grade books just like tugs at the heart, you know? Yeah. Um so, uh, yeah, those were huge um, middle grade books that I just absolutely adore and I just love and can read over and over again. Um, yeah, that's true. And interestingly, um, the Roald Dolls that I read as a kid, it was only a few of them. I actually read James and the Giant Peach and didn't like it as a kid, mm. which I, I know um, people always get so upset when I say that. I didn't. I don't know what it was about it that I didn't like, but I read went back and read all the Roll Dolls as an adult. I did a unit on it when I was teaching um, fourth or fifth grade. Nice. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And the kids loved it and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I probably love Roll Doll even more as an adult than I did as a kid. <laughs> right. Some of these books, going back and reading them, it's amazing. Nice. That's awesome. Is there a favorite of yours that like doesn't get a lot of love, you think? Hmm. I don't know. I think that people just don't tend to bring them up, like you said, Tara. Mm-hmm. Like, I never heard anybody talk about the Witch of Blackbird Pond mm-hmm. until a few years ago when I was having a conversation with my cousin. We were, like, talking about, like, oh, what are we going to read next? And she was like, I really want to visit one of my favorites from when I was a kid. And she said, The Witch of Blackbird Pond. I was like, What? I've never heard anybody bring that up casually in conversation ever. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that book. I really like that book. I, you know, I, I don't think that I ever book. have. Yeah. Oh, man. I loved that book. Is so, that a book I could read now and like, do you think? Um, I think probably. I haven't read it since I was probably in like fifth, sixth grade. Yeah, but I haven't I read it. I think you probably either. could. Um, so yep. I might have a copy. So <laughs> I'll find out. Let you know. Yay. <laughs> Um, but yeah. So, I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I, I, I would agree with Tara that you know, sometimes these books don't get enough love. Mm-hmm. They need to be mentioned more. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, so, what was that one series you were talking about, Jeanette? You okay. Hinted on. So, <laughs> as I mentioned, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, so, I was going on a road trip. I needed an audiobook to read. So I decided to go back to the Anne of Green Gables series because I remembered it was like charming and warm and loving and I wanted something kind of warm and happy to listen to while I was driving. But guys, I forgot how much this series is like so charming and so loving and so optimistic. And it's like influencing my day to day now, like making me be more optimistic now Mm -hmm. that I've been listening to the series. I think that Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea qualify as middle grade type novels. But now we get into like battle territory. (laughs) Stepping in. Well, because I say I only think the first book qualifies as middle grade. Well, and I'm going to back this out because as we all know, I have read zero of this. (laughs) Well, you you can be a ref. Well, 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 we we were talking about this in general and about how certain book series, Mm -hmm. Anne is a great example. Yep. Um, start with a character who's very young and ends with a character in a different place. Harry Potter is right. another good example of mm-hmm. this, right? True. You start with an 11-year-old, you end with a fairly worn, torn 
17 year old yep or 18 18 18 year old by the end he's almost 18 yep almost 18 um yeah no i mean that that's the debate like where is that line like especially in a series because little houses and prairies the same thing you start off when she's very little um as a child and then it ends with her getting married and running her own home you know (laughs) and it's like I wouldn't really qualify that as middle grade at that point, you know, because right. it's talking about running a household, which, you know, kids don't really care about. <laughs> um, I mean, they I, might if they're very, you know, if yeah. they're planners. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Jeanette. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, obviously. And at this point, though, the question is, where is the line in the genre? Right. right. Where is mm-hmm. Where even does this imaginary step from childhood to young adulthood begin? And I say imaginary because I really do believe it is imaginary. Because when you look at when you look at some of the books we we mentioned, like forget Harry Potter and Anne for like ten seconds, because we'll get back to them. But if you think of things like A Little Princess, even right, uh, we're talking about war, we're talking about death, we're talking about abuse, right? You know, yep. these are big concepts. Oh yeah. It, is is just the fact that the protagonist is young? Is that the only thing that makes that middle grade? I think. Like, it's, wh- where is the line? I Do think you know? it's helping. I, I think it helps when this big concept of the world about these like huge ideas is presented in a smaller way that directly impacts the character um, when they are young, because it's something that the child is then able to identify with better. You know, Um, I think that's hugely important because if it's like a huge scope and you say it in like a complex way, it's like they'll get they'll get confused, you know. Um, So I think I think it's important to remember that you try to take these big concepts, but try to make it smaller to be more understandable. I think that's huge. Yeah. So so at what point do you think let's use Harry Potter? Because I can argue Harry <laughs> and I can't argue Anne. Um, is three the book where that transition happens? Is four mm-hmm. yeah. the book where that transition happens? Yep. I, I mean, I feel like in Harry Potter, the transition sort of happens over the course of Goblet of Fire. Yep. So I think, and and I think that might be one of the reasons why so many people love book three and book four because that's where everything starts to turn see i would i would argue it's three i would argue three for exactly what susan just said which is you know a middle grade book has to be very personal to the character and in three a huge amount of what's happening isn't really happening to harry Mm, Harry's a Harry's a tangential like looker on for ninety percent of what's actually happening in that book. You might be right. I think the reason I choose book four as the line is because Because Cedric. (laughs) (laughs) All right, peace, Cedric. (laughs) Um, Is because the feel and the tone shifts really dramatically in book four. And I think that's why it's so easy for me to make that line. But I think book three could be the line 
um, for, for sure. Like, I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about theme book three, for me, it, then it's the shift is at the very, very end. It's not through the whole book mm. because Harry, the way he's looking at the world, to me, like the scope is, yes, he's a, an onlooker, but the scope is very much about him and his life throughout it 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 is but in three we get the map too and that's when i think the map is really the key to opening up harry seeing other parts of the world because he can literally see other people as they Mm. move through the castle and what's going on yeah right but it's still only about how they affect him like his perspective his perspective of them and the key point in that book to me is excuse me it's when he's walking through the forest with um he's walking through the forest with Sirius and Sirius is like so by the way you know I'm your godfather do you want to come like live at my house and Harry's like immediately like oh my gosh my entire life is going to change and he's building this whole like fantasy that was so depressing i you see and i uh. i love that moment because it is one of the, to me that's one of the last few moments before this book turns into young adult because that's one of the last moments of harry truly being just like a child not seeing the world the way it is right right and it's sort of this book at the very end again I just feel like, honestly, Jeanette, you're just helping my argument. Uh, the, book, the, the book at the very end shatters it completely. Like, within pages of that happening, that dream is is just shattered. Right. And that's what I'm saying. If we're talking about the line being in um, Prisoner of Azkaban, then it would have be, then to me, that line is at the very end of the book, which makes Goblet of Fire the first truly YA. So that's what I was thinking, is do we go by a crucial moment at the end of the book to define the genre or does it have to like stay in that consistent way throughout the whole book and do series that move between huge amounts of time and years and genre bend mm-hmm. as harry and Anne do are there books like this that just ride the line right and are just confusing well and and to me Anne is a very confusing one because you know, like I said, I think the first two would probably qualify as middle grade because Anne doesn't start thinking about like big, big, bigger picture ideas and things like that until book three or at the at least the very end of book two, if I'm recalling correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but towards the end of the series, we kind of go back and start revisiting some of those childhood ideas with her children. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think so that I think that makes that one really interesting too because it's like oh okay like this book gets more and more adult less and less interesting from that kid perspective and then you kind of you're like it, back it to the kids circle. again yeah and it I mean basically Rilla of Ingleside is YA you know yes <laughs> like, that is it's just solidly YA so so I I say we poll our listeners guys we poll <laughs> and ask them oh, for did. Anne and for Harry Potter where where's the oh, book that one. Where's the book? <laughs> I want to hear from you guys. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah. It's just so interesting. Like, because <laughs> with children's book, that line is a little more blurred because um, we talked about earlier, like, 
kids advance and or don't advance or you know they learn at different levels their maturity is at different levels so it's really hard to make sure to help them keep engaged to find a book at their level but with their maturity level like that's hard <laughs> yeah so it's true i mean or you could be like my parents and just not pay attention to anything i read <laughs> <laughs> that that's a tactic but I care about what my kids read that's why Uh, like this is like I'm like so passionate about like kid lit now (laughs) so yep um well so we asked some of our Twitter and Litzy followers uh this question what your favorite middle grade book was um and there were some good ones um and there's like a lot of nostalgia attached to these books and I love that so much um like Booking Around says, I still have my tattered scholastic copy of Witch's Buttons. Uh, Yeah. And and, um, at Lexi G, from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frank Weiler, this is one of my all-time favorites. I also adored Ben and Me and The Fabulous Flight by Robert Lawson. The former is still in print, but the latter is long out of print. So the copy reread and that I subsequently read to my own now adult kids was my mom's childhood copy. That is like, so sweet. That is so, so cool. sweet. I love that I... so much. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're making me cry. My <laughs> listeners are like making me like, I'm getting a little pleclenty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, at Bill Bloom, I suppose it's cliche, but Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was a book I enjoyed as a kid. And I wasn't much of a reader in those days. I also loved the noveliz- novelization of Return of the Jedi, especially in a time when I yes. couldn't simply throw in a DVD to watch it. I loved being able to relieve the film through the book. Um which is true. I mean, who wants to rewind VHSs all the time? Like, I mean, I read on. a lot of those expansion novels when yeah. I was a kid of all my nerd <laughs> things. Like, I couldn't get more Star Trek, so I read a lot of Star Trek novels. I couldn't get more Star Wars. I read right. a lot of Star Wars novels. I, Bill, Bill, you and I, <laughs> I get you, bro. Yep. Get you. And uh, at the at uh, Lap Reader, The Secret Garden, because it's just delightful. It and is I get delightful. It. Mm-hmm. Some good stuff. Speaking Speaking of delightful reads, is it time to talk about our main read? Yes. Yes. Do believe it is. We read uh, City of Ghosts, surprise, surprise, middle grade novel, Uh, City of Ghosts Ghosts by Victoria Schwab, and a quick summary, ever since Cass almost drowned, okay, she did drown, but she doesn't like to think about it, uh, she can pull back the veil that separates the living from the dead and enter the world of spirits. Oh, and her best friend is even a ghost. So things that are things are pretty strange for this girl, but they're about to get much, much stranger when Cass's parents start hosting a TV show about the world's most haunted places. The family heads off, heads off to not Edinburgh or Edinburgh, 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 Edinburgh Scotland. Uh, here, ca- graveyards, castles, and secret passageways teem with the restless phantoms. And when Cass meets a girl who shares her gift and realizes how much she still has to learn about the veil and herself. So, guys, uh, what was one thing that stood out to you in this book? So, one thing that stood out to me is just how loving it is to the city of Edinburgh and mm-hmm. like it gave me true 
wanderlust. I was like, <laughs> I want to travel. I want to go see new places and explore <laughs> castles and <laughs> take pictures of crazy things that people there don't find crazy. But <laughs> they really don't. Edinburgh is no. great. Like that, it's it's a great city, and everybody is very much like, oh yeah, everyone has a ghost story. So like, <laughs> I read this and I was just like, oh yeah, that's actually very much my experience there which i thought was pretty cool i felt very transported yeah you know i um i really enjoyed the writing it was so easy so you know well thought out um i really really enjoyed it because there's some middle grade books i read i'm like yeah this is totally a middle grade book like i can see it there's the you know the way that it's written but this one it's like it's it's just simpler. It's not dumber, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So this book has a lot of very interesting characters in it. Um, and two parents. <laughs> yeah, We've got, One, two, got a book. <laughs> got a two parents who are both there <sighs> and still married. Mm-hmm. It's like... It's like a gift from the gods when this sort of thing happens. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we've got the parents. We've got Cass or Cassidy Blake. By the way, best name ever. Just, just saying. Yes, well um, done. Cass <laughs> Jacob, um, who's her ghost best friend. Laura, who is the slightly older ghost hunter that takes her under her w- wing. Um, Finley. Just a whole bunch of people. Um, do you guys have any favorites? So this is a huge rarity because I feel like I've talked about this before about female protagonists. Um, but I really liked Cassidy. I thought oh she was God. a... I know, right? <laughs> I thought she was a solid character and as for a middle grade book. Like, it was... She was really good. Like, I liked her a lot. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cass is... Like, she's a very good protagonist. I didn't have any problems like you know identifying with her or anything like that I also love Jacob and Finley though (laughs) like Jake Jacob is funny because he's like me now like Cass is like (laughs) me as a kid because Cass is like because as a kid you know I was a little bit more like, okay, I'll explore this and that. Like, my dad will t- t- tell you the stories about how, like, I wandered out of the house and was brought back by a neighbor down the street. Because um, that's the kind of crazy stuff I did. Um, but Jacob is like me now. Jacob's like me, like, approaching this book. Like, it's a book about ghosts, and it's Schwab, so I really want to love it. But also, there's ghosts, and ghosts <laughs> creep me out. Like, I, 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 scary stories creep me out, I should say. It's not yeah. just, like, ghost stories. Mm. I'm like, um, do we have to do that? Like, but it's Schwab, so, like, I really want to do that. So, I love jo- Jacob, and I love Finley, because Finley's just, like, you know, he's like, I can see right through all of you. Yeah. But I'm going to be really, really cool about it, and just smile. <laughs> Drink my pint. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved Laura. Yeah. Like, a lot. I, I, I feel like Cassidy was the person I was supposed to love the most. But I just really enjoyed this snarky British girl who knew more. Sure. Um, like and, and her, like, the image of her with the dark braid. And I just, I, I was just very into her. 
I, um, I kind of wish we had spent more time with her because same. I feel like she would have been a really fun character to get to know. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, the book just doesn't have Again, maybe the that, YA you know? version of this story is Laura's story. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, but, she meets Cassidy, not Cassidy meeting Laura. <laughs> right, exactly. But there, I mean, just in general, Laura seems to know more mm-hmm. about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And in general, I feel like there's a bunch of characters that maybe know more <laughs> about what's going on. Um, to me, at least, there seems to be um, always something on the edge of my vision with this book. Um, a bigger mystery that's looking to be pulled free, like like a little life ribbon is waiting to be pulled free from ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um did you guys pick up on any of that? Oh, I oh, did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Susan. Oh, yeah. Um, is it sometimes, especially if they're just um, one-time novels, like you're like, oh, there's just right there, there, over there, where I need more of that, you know, or like <laughs> th- that this, this, that she just mentioned this. What is this about? Like, I need to know more. Um but I think she's making this into a series, so maybe we will get to know a little bit more of the her ghost world of the veil. Um, that would be nice. I would, I'm really interested in that. Um, but I think recently um, I have noticed that series are becoming bigger in middle grade. Um, like um, it just came to me, uh, Land of Stories by Chris Colfer. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he takes these two twins um, and they go into the storybook and it's all the fairy tale characters and it's like all these shenanigans in that world. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of books now. Um, But so I feel like this can totally be that, right? Just like explore more of the veil and more of the history. You know, maybe she'll find out like not just what Lara told her, but like just more background and how this came to be. Like, it's fascinating. I want to know more. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I want to know more too. And I, you know, now that it's going to be a series, I do wonder if more of that world is going to be, okay, forgive the pun, but unveiled (laughs) as we keep going. (laughs) I couldn't think of any other word. (laughs) Um, But I, um, I think that we're going to start seeing more of what the veil is and what it is to be a ghost hunter versus not a ghost hunter. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a little bit of some of the things that Jacob himself has been hiding from her. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely more in this book than what they're giving us. Right. But, you know, I don't, you know, it doesn't completely feel like a setup book for all that right. and I no, love that it, it stands alone definitely yep. yeah so do we think we'll see the blue haired rainbow nailed photographer girl again I would love it if we did oh can she be she like a pop- nurse Jenny or something like she like pops up in Paris or something <laughs> yeah like she pops up wherever Cass is gonna be <laughs> oh I love it if she was I, a nurse Jenny <laughs> I, I, I have Jenny. I have a I have a really weird theory can I share with you my weird theory of course please do is that every ghost hunter has a mortal with the sight who like watches them. And that Finley is Laura's and that blue haired photo girl is, is, um, 
passes. And that's just that's jumping a huge question mark line. Like <laughs> that, that is that's a strong like wasn't even hinted at. But you know, Finley goes up to Lawrence like you're breaking rules, and she's like I didn't break any rules. And and Cass is like I told them I wouldn't leave the apartment. I'm like he wasn't talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> like there are rules that these two know about. And I'm, I'm questioning that. And then all of a sudden, this blue-haired girl with a very real, very, very strong description shows up. And I'm like, mm. hmm. Theory, theory created. What I do you think about that? that? I can yeah, see that. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. It'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, there's a lot of great things in this book. Um, a lot of good themes. I thought maybe we could touch on a few of those. What are some of the themes you guys saw uh, or took away from this book that, you know, really talk to you um for me acceptance mm-hmm. um because she mentions you know it's mentioned like she technically did die but she didn't like to think about it because there's you know it's a hard time um but part of healing is accepting that this had happened like you're not washing it away you're not making light of it just the state of fact like this has happened in my life and it is now a part of me um and I guess like the veil tugging at her is like a literal description of that because she was mm-hmm. always like, I have to stay away from here. I have to stay away from here. And Laura's like, no, you actually have to, you're supposed to like do a job now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think acceptance was one of those themes. Interesting. Um, acceptance is probably one. I think acceptance hits on one of them that I was thinking of, which is purpose. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, her mother says at one point to her, embrace your strange dear daughter. Where's the fun in being normal? Yeah. Which is sort of an acceptance story. Like, like it's also an acceptance, acceptance of what your purpose is. Yeah. And sort of trusting because like having, I think that's a very interesting way to put that the tugging was a very interesting way of putting that because when you have a dream or you have something in life that like, you're fairly passionate about it and you feel a tug towards it. You also have this like real legit fear of failure that's associated with that. And some people run away from it because they're like, I don't want to know what's on the other side. Like what's on this other side of this thing I want so badly or this thing that I'm drawn to. And some people are like, no, I'm going to go for it. And, um, you know, embracing or accepting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That, that pull, you know, yep. I think that's good to learn at, at that age. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's hard, especially with peers, you know, and media and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy for kids and, and even adults, like, to, you know, forget that. Right. So, yeah. What about you, Jeanette? What was something you took away from the book? Um, I actually liked the theme of, um, friendship, but specifically trust in friendship, mm-hmm. because there's a major, you know, there's a major breach of trust in a way when Cass realizes that Jacob's been hiding things from her, yep. right? Yep. And it's like she has to kind of make a decision. You know, this is my best friend, and he's been hiding things from me. You know. And now we're fighting and we've never fought before. And, you know, what's going on with our friendship? But the 
friendship doesn't actually break and she keeps looking for him and she keeps, you know, wanting him by her side and trusts him to help her out and, you know, throws herself into danger for him. Right. And I really loved that because it's not just about friendship, but it's about trust. It's about um, forgiveness. It's just really, really it's a really beautiful lesson to learn about friendship. Yep, definitely. It is. And I had a, I had a question down here that I feel guilty about now. <laughs> because I think I was looking at it through maybe more adult eyes. And I think you're more right, Jeanette. I, I, I had a question down here that said, um, Jacob is, I mean, Anna at least thinks that, you know, Jacob is using Cass. Mm. Does that make their friendship any less real? And I I feel really guilty about that now. <laughs> think so because that's a concern right it's and that's what that's what you do with the trust is overcoming that because it's like oh yeah what if but I mean they kind of talked it out you know and Cass chooses to trust Jacob in that so it's a it's a legit question you know yeah and there are times when friends do you know benefit from friendship and there could be things that Jacob hasn't told Cass yet that are going to be shared. Mm -hmm. And it might, you know, it could be more, more fractures in their friendship, but it could become stronger for that. Right. Yep. Like it did in this case. Definitely. Uh, I really do love their friendship. And I, I think it's so important to have a male, female, not, you know, yes. non-romantic right. mm-hmm. totally platonic like totally besties platonic. forever yes i agree yeah. <laughs> it was it's so sweet mm-hmm. and like there's nothing um biting about their friendship either mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah yeah like th- there's no oh i'm only here because you're the only one who can see me there's nothing like mean or nasty and i i just really loved it i thought it was very sweet yep like these are two very good people yeah so, the weird question that I have for you, um, at some point, don't laugh, at some point. I was like, of course there's uh, a weird question, like. <laughs> there's always weird questions. Um, a character says, stories have power, um, so long as you believe in them. And this is obviously, when it, you know, in reference to ghost stories in particular. So, let me ask you guys, do you believe in ghosts? Do either of you have your own ghost stories? Yes, I believe in ghosts to a certain extent. Like, I believe there are things kind of outside the scope of science and our perception. I don't have ghost stories. Um, But, I mean, sometimes it's little unexplained things. Like, it's like, hmm... Okay. <laughs> and I mean, um, some college roommates, like we always joked we had a ghost named Bob and he would like <laughs> do like weird random things like stuff would fall off and it's like, oh, Bob, you know, <laughs> like, like the cat freaks out. Oh, Bob, stop bothering the cat, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I always believe that there's always like a little something outside just like human perception in that sense. Hmm. What about you, Nat? 
I don't know that I ever really believe in ghosts. Like, I, you know, I don't, I do believe that, you know, when people die, I believe that they do stay with us, but I don't believe in ghosts per se. Like, I always feel like there's a better explanation for strange happenings. Um, the school where I work, I have a co or I had a coworker. She works somewhere else now, but her room always had like random things happening. And she was sure that there was a ghost in there, but I was in that classroom myself for a year and not one strange thing ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, part of me is like, well, is it because I don't believe in ghosts? And part of me is like, or is it because there's like other explanations for the things that are happening? So, you know? Yep. What do you think about the power of ghost stories in general? Do you think it's, they're designed to keep parts of history with us? Do you think, I mean, ghost tourism is like a thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I went on a ghost tour in New Orleans recently I've been to three graveyards in New Orleans. I, when I was in Edinburgh, I went on a ghost tour, actually. It wasn't like a ghost tour. It was like a history walk at night. But like, you know, they're trying to scare you. Um, (laughs) um, It's a part of what we do. We sort of love it a little bit, right? We love to be scared. But also it keeps these like funky bits of history with us. Why do people love it so much? I mean, to a certain extent, I think we all enjoy being scared. I mean, I don't love being scared, so I don't love ghost stories (laughs) or, like, scary stories. But, you know, I'm terrified of sharks. So... My when I'm like, oh, man, I really want a good scare, I want a good thrill, I'll watch a a shark movie. Which, you know, everybody thinks that's crazy. But to me, that's the exact same thing as going on a ghost tour for somebody else. (laughs) I have never thought about it like that. Ever. I I love it. Um, I I mean, I watch Shark Week every year. Why? Because it's like a week-long ghost tour for me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you get a lot of knowledge from it. And in the same way, ghost stories do that like oh you learn about the time period where this ghost was from and what was happening and how this ghost died in exactly. a really historically interesting way and then you get creeped out by it yep. I just I that stuff to me doing like a ghost tour like that gives me nightmares and make you know makes me scared in a way that I'm not comfortable with yeah versus you know watching the shallows (laughs) (laughs) so so talking about this is this book then did you find this book too scary for if you were a kid and you were reading this or or just creepy enough no actually I didn't find this I thought I would find this scary and it started out like a little creepy to me when they started describing some of the when she first gets to Edinburgh and she starts describing some of her first Mm -hmm. You know, because there were a lot of them. <laughs> explorations, yeah, because like, they like go the, through the plague victims mm-hmm. down in the undercity, and that's yeah. A few of the early descriptions did start getting me a little creeped out, but 
Schwab is really good at not going too deep, like so deep that'd be frightening for a kid. And since that's about my fear level with scary stories, that was perfect for me. I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't find it scary. Same here. Like I was like, oh, the, I can see this as being creepy for a kid. Um, and But like I still felt the creepiness like because her descriptions are still really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it wasn't scary but the creep factor was there. Like, I could feel it. Yes. Creepy, you know, not yeah. scary. Exactly. In some ways, I found the raven in red the creepiest thing. Yes. I was just thinking yes, of her. super creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, the, like, it was very um, hocus pocus. Come, little children. Yeah. You know, she, she, like, takes them away and steals their life. I'm like, that sounds really familiar. And then I was like, oh, hocus pocus. I, I, I know what it yeah. is. And um, <laughs> La Llorona. As well as another story about a mother who is seeking her children, mm-hmm. so she's haunting mm-hmm. place. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting uh, ghost trope. Yep, it is, and it's one I particularly like actually. Um, but it is that thing, like even as an adult, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't, I don't love that. Yeah, but she <laughs> looks great in my head. I'm like, man, she looks fantastic. She looks so good. Well. Yeah. The creepiest part for me was when Cass pulled out the rope out of her chest. Oh yeah. Because it's all the other children. And she had to tug it. Yeah, and like it because she just collected so many, it just turned into rope. I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. See? Creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the next book is set in Paris and we'll deal with the catacombs. Any predictions on what will happen? Blue haired girl, yeah. <laughs> Yay! Are we are we all down with my theory? I do like Blue-haired it. I think it'll be fun. Yes. Yeah. And I I want to say I think we're going to get a little bit of Jacob background. Yes. Ooh, I want to know how did you yeah. die? Because he died in the river. Yep. I think. Well, there's descriptions like he was wet, right? He was. He looked like he yeah. was soaking. Yes. So. So I don't know if we'll get. I don't know if we'll get all Jacob background, but I think we'll get a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, yeah. So last but not least, did y'all like it? Yes. I am actually, yeah. I kind of want to buy two copies of this book and give them to the two girls that I know. <laughs> Be like, read this book. <laughs> um, I think they would like it. Um, it's a really good book. Yeah, I liked it. I I already, I, there's a, one of my students I think would be interested in it. I already was like, hey, you would be interested in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think lots of kids would like this and I think lots of adults would like this and I like it. (laughs) Awesome. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad since it was my book pick (laughs) that you all It was a good pick, especially for February. Yay. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited about our next pick. As I said earlier in the episode, our next book on Eclectic Readers is going to be Signal to Noise by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. So, uh, and that's Jeanette's pick. Woo! Mm-hmm. And yeah, excited for that one. Yes, me too. And if you would like to know more about any of the books that we talked about today, you can look at our show notes at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 59. And Susan, I think you had some articles about middle grade fiction that we can throw in there yes, too, right? Yes, I can share that for sure. Awesome. And if people want to talk to you about your middle grade loves, debate with you over, you know, James and the Giant Peach, over <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where can they find you, Susan? Uh, 
people can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and let's see at Rudy Kaicho. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. Awesome. And Tara, where can people find you? You can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and let's see, all under the same name. My name, Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Awesome. And if you're looking for me, you can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A. That's J-M-T Rivera. And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. Subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Oh, come find us on Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod. That is new. So come find us there. And you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And think that's all for today let's shelve this until next month all right bye bye guys bye